Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. Come to you today from West Lafayette, Indiana, where I'm doing a conference here where a number of churches and student groups from the area have come together. And we're having a wonderful weekend. The theme is called Surrender, the Joys of Following Christ. However, that's not what I want to talk to you about this morning. This week we've been talking some about the whole issue of Israel. And of course, it raises the question of suffering. Why does God allow it? Anytime we see evil that is just unrestrained evil, we ask ourselves, why does God allow it? And of course, I tried to answer this question the other day, and I've gotten some pushback. So I want to I want to speak a little bit further on this issue of, of the problem of evil in our world. A couple of days ago, what we talked about was how really we're responsible. Ultimately, we're responsible. God has given us free will. He didn't tell us to do evil. He gave us choices, and we make it. Now, of course, evil entered the world back with Adam. And yet we can't blame Adam for our choices because we've chosen evil too. And the truth is we're all shut up under evil, under sin, the Bible says, so that God may show mercy to all. But the thing that when I think of this, there's two things, points I want to make today, and I don't have the scripture on the screen, but you'll just have to read along with me here. And from from Romans chapter 11 and after Paul has talked about you know some issues that are kind of hard to understand about Israel and the Gentiles and why more Jews aren't being saved and how the gospel's now gone to the Gentiles and how things will end up in the end with, with people, uh, with both Jew and Gentile grafted into that same tree. But in chapter 11 of Romans in verse 33, he ends these three chapters of discussing this theologically challenging issue. And he says, All the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has become his counselor? Or who has first given to him that it might be given, paid back to him again? For from him through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. And I'll add, and amen. My friends, sometimes we try and figure God out. And the reality is we need to come with humility and realize that we're talking about the Almighty here. We're talking about one far, whose his thoughts are as the heavens are above the earth. So his thoughts are above our thoughts and his ways are above our ways. And sometimes our responsibility is simply to yield, to trust, to obey, and to know that God to know that God knows what he's doing because he does know what he's doing. And sometimes we can't grasp it, sometimes we can't figure it out, and we're curious people. We're human beings, we're made in the image of God. We do have a mind. We do have a brain. We want to think. And yet sometimes we simply need to say This really is beyond what I'm able. Oh, the depths of the riches of the knowledge and the wisdom of Almighty God. Sometimes it's just above uh, above us. And so we humble ourselves and we praise him and we thank him. And we say, Lord, even if I don't understand, still I will praise you. 
someone in the comments had responded that, you know, Job, we didn't know why he suffered. And indeed, sometimes in suffering, there's something going on behind the scenes that we don't understand. And it's not wise of us to try and assume that we have all the information. Sometimes we don't. We don't know why something's going on. And in Job's case, he wasn't suffering because he was bad. He was suffering because he was good. And yet still, he needed to learn something important here about the sovereignty and power of God. And then there's other, someone pointed out that in other times, the prophets would say Israel was suffering because they were being chastised for this disobedience. Indeed, that's what we often tend to think, that if we see someone suffering, this is what Job's friends thought, is that he must have done some secret evil because God wouldn't let this happen to him if he weren't in sin. Job's case was different, but indeed, uh, sometimes in the Old Testament, often the Old Testament, and even in New Testament times, Israel is being judged for their unbelief, their stubbornness, their turning away from God. That may be the case as well. We don't know. We don't know, and it, it could be presumptuous of us to figure out what Almighty God, what's he working behind the scenes to do and to accomplish. And then we also know as Christians that sometimes our suffering, uh, it, it, it's, as it says in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. My friend, it, it, the, the reality is, if you want to grow and be more and more like Jesus Christ, you're going to have to go through some suffering. It's going to involve dying to our own self-will, our own selfishness, our own pride, the sin that's so deeply embedded within us and that we'd become slaves to. And to break free from that and to walk in the goodness and the glory and the freedom and the joy of the Lord, sometimes it takes suffering to get us to that point. And this is why we can know as Christians, as we know read in Romans 8, 28, we can know that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. What's that good work out to be? We're conformed more and more to the image of Christ and to the eternal glory that God has called us to. And as Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16, 17, 18, he says that, that even though the outer man is decaying, yet the inner man is being renewed and we're being prepared for the glories that follow. But I'll tell you one thing I think about as I philosophically and theologically think through this issue of free will. And some people taught on campus, the students say, well, if, if free will, as we talked about the other day, that it, God has given us, we're responsible for, this, for sinning. We can't blame anyone else. We're responsible. And the sin brings about suffering and problems and evil in our world. And some people tell me, some students say they just they wish we didn't have free will. Indeed, they see so much pain, so much suffering, that they say, I wish God would have made it so we didn't have free will. But obviously, if you can't choose to do evil, you can't choose to do good. If there can't be evil, then there is no good. Robots are not moral creatures. Robots simply do what they're, they're programmed to do. 
And God has given us the capacity, and this is what free will is about, the capacity to do good or the capacity to do evil. Now listen, this is important. Why did he do this? And and I, I've mentioned this in previous months ago, I've talked about this, but this point is so critical. I probably ought to talk about it every day because I don't hear people talk about it enough. And that's this. God has given us free will, I believe, the freedom to make choices because of, of, it's found in John chapter 14, verse 21. Jesus says this, he who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me shall be loved by my Father, and I shall love him and disclose myself to him. Now stop and think about this for a minute, this first part. He who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. You, How we respond to the constructions and commandments and teaching of God and in God's word, how we respond is evidence of our love. The one who says they love God but doesn't keep God's commandments we read in 1 John, that person's a liar. Now, they might be a self-deceived person. They might think they love God, but the test of the love of God is the choices you make. It's not your feelings. Feelings are nice, but that's not the, that's not the answer. The test of your love for God is how you respond to his commandments. If you reject his commandments, you do evil. You're doing evil. You're sinning. If you obey his commandments, you're showing your love for God. Again, John 14, 21, the one who has my commandments and keeps them, he's the one who loves me. The one who loves me shall be loved by my father and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. He goes on to say, if you love me, keep my commandments. My friends, here's the point. You cannot show your love for God unless you have the chance to not show it. You show your love by obedience to God, but you have to have the opportunity to not obey. And so here's an important point. If free will is the only real way we can show our love for God and obedience to his commandments is really the, only, the way we show our love for God. And God, when he gave us free will, knew so many people would abuse it, knew so many people would sin, knew there'd be so much evil in the world. But God chose the one whose ways are above our ways, the one who, who has understanding that's an, that's the depths of the wisdom and the rich of the wisdom and knowledge of God, the one who's the maker of heavens and earth, if he thought this love relationship he wants with you and I is so important that he's willing to endure, put up with the evil that is in the world, and of course, he sees it more than you and I do. He doesn't need a television screen. He doesn't need, you know, iPhones to capture the evil. He sees it all. But in his mind, evidently, he has said it's worth it to give you and I the opportunity to love him genuinely from the heart. He's willing to put up with all those who don't. So here's the challenge today. Are you ready? Is your love for God, if you could put it on a scale, as great? Are you you showing your love for God as great as those who show they don't love God by their sin are showing. In other words, if their scale, like if we've seen on a scale of one to 10, their evil was like a 10, is your love and obedience at a 10 level? Let's not let the wicked people outdo us. Let's not let the sinners outdo us. Let's not let their commitment to evil 
be greater, deeper, and stronger than our commitment to loving God. When I see evil, I hate it, and I hate Satan, and I hate sin, and it makes me want to, it just makes me disgusted and say, I want to fight the devil. I want to beat him in the power of God, by the power of Jesus Christ. I want to beat him. But I want to say also, when I see evil, real evil, strong evil, not just not just, you know, people, I mean, it's evil if you just ignore God. But when people really do evil at a massive level, I just say, oh, God, let me and let the church arise to show the love of God on a massive scale. Let us outdo their evil with our goodness. And this is what Romans 12, 21 is about. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We start by loving God. We obey his commandments. And can I urge you today? And can you pray for me? And can this be our exhortation? That our love for God and our zeal to keep his commandments would be greater than the evil of sinners and their zeal to break his commandments. All right? Father in heaven, we come to you today with hearts of praise and thanksgiving for the greatness and magnificence of your ways. We're not your counselor, Lord. We're not the ones to tell you what to do. We're not the ones that can that have it all figured out. We confess and humble ourselves and say that your ways are as, as the heavens are above the earth, your ways are above our ways. Your thoughts are above our thoughts. Oh, we, we want to learn the mind of the Lord. We thank you for the word of God that we can learn from. And we thank you, Father, for your word that teaches us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding and teaches us the greatest gem of all, theology, the knowledge of God. So we hunger for it. And we pray today that we would rise to this challenge, that when we see evil and people give themselves to evil, that we would be more zealous and more devoted and more committed, more red hot to show the love of God than others are to show their rejection of God. Help us with this, we pray. And we pray again today for our friends and those suffering in the land of Israel and the, the Middle East, Lord, is this explosive area where there's so much anger and hatred. How we pray for the gospel of Jesus Christ to come. We pray people would find salvation. We pray, Lord, I, I think of my prayer, my friends in Israel have asked that some, some serving in the military, that their units, they pray their units would be invisible to the enemy and that they would have wise, make wise decisions and you'd lead them to victory. Be with those who are suffering loss be with those whose faith, whose, whose, whose security has been shattered. Help them find salvation in the rock of Jesus Christ. We pray for this, and we ask it all in Jesus' holy name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for being with me today. God bless you. It's a little bit different background today. I hope the audio has come out well. Uh, it's, I'm always, it's always a little iffy when I'm on the road because I don't have quite the same setup as back in, the, uh, in our little home studio. But so glad to have you along. If you're new today, special welcome. I hope you'll join us every day. Subscribe to the channel. Like the video on the way out. Tell your friends about it. We come here every single day to get in the Word of God and talk about it and allow it to be transforming our minds and our hearts and our actions. We want to be people who know the Lord and who display strength and take action like those who know the Lord will. You're here every day. I love you. So glad to have the privilege of sowing the Word of God into your soul. I know it's bearing fruit. God bless you, and I'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye-bye.